Bullshit. The No BS Show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash no BS. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. I was speaking in North Dakota to a group of leaders, and I happened to make an impromptu comment about the difference between dad coaches and coaches who happen to be dads. The audience enjoyed it and told me they thought it was a great topic to expand upon. And because good coaching involves leadership and communication, I decided to make it an episode of the No BS Marketing Show. Jim from your neighborhood's a dad coach. He might be a nice guy, might not. He's got a job in middle management and has some flexibility at work. He says, I want to help out. Bill Belichick is a coach who happens to be a dad. He's got a job in middle management. He says, do your job. An extreme example of the differences? Maybe. But good storytelling leverages contrast and memorable anecdotes. And the example is accurate because there are five differences between dad coaches and coaches who happen to be dads. Number one. Coaches who happen to be dads are energized by preparing for practice as much as any other part of their coaching job. Notice I didn't say the actual practice just yet because coaches who happen to be dads enjoy preparing for practice. They plan how they're going to explain the why of each drill or segment of the practice because they know, as former players, you have to explain the why and articulate the why so the players are willing to do the how to get to the why. Coaches who have new dads plan on how they'll communicate key messages and what those messages will be. Dad coaches go on the internet and download a couple of plays they think would be cool, and they try to remember drills they saw another coach using when they practiced before them in the slot before their team. Number two, coaches who happen to be dads love the actual practices. It's their lab. It's where they create a team concept and hone each individual player's skills. It's where they know they can make the most difference. It's where they know they'll spend the most time with those players. It's where they know the players become stronger with each other and have stronger relationships with the coach. So they love the practices. Hence why, number one, they practice, prepare for the practice so much. Dad coaches enjoy talking to the other coaches at their practices. And they don't mind canceling a practice if it rains or if it's inconvenient to them or if a couple of players can't make it. That's okay. We've had a bunch of games in the past couple of weeks. Ah, we're all right. We're, we're playing so-and-so. We don't necessarily need this practice. Number three, coaches who happen to be dads know that communication with every player as a unique person is the goal. I was blessed to land my first coaching position right out of college. My dad, another coach who happened to be a dad, said, you should try to talk to each player about something unique to that player at every practice. Now, he was saying on a personal level, but I added to also try to do it on a honing 
specific skills level. Now, I get that a high school football team might have 45 or 50 or 70 players in Texas, so that might be tough for them. But a lot of teams have 20 or less players. That first team of mine actually had 19 players, and I was able to do what my dad suggested. It took a lot of work and planning and reading and reacting to players' verbal and nonverbal cues, but it was worth it. Those players knew that I cared about them, and any player that plays for me knows that I care about them and the team. The parents might not want to admit that, but the players know it, and they know it because I care about them personally by talking to them about personally things and listening more than talking, and at every practice, I strive to find something specific to help them get better. Them, not everybody. Dad coaches joke with the star player. Hey, Jimmy, you're fantastic. How's it going? Yeah, woo. They talk to their son and their son's BFF, but they often neglect some of the other players. They say hello and maybe make some small talk now and then, but they don't have a specific plan to address something unique with each player at each practice. Number four, coaches who happen to be dads understand that leading means communicating with all their target audience, regardless of how challenging that can be, regardless of how uncomfortable that can be. And trust me, it's uncomfortable when you're dealing with some of the, some of the interesting ones out there. So the target audience is obviously players. I don't think people are that worried about the challenging, uh, it's that challenging to communicate with players. They might neglect a few of them, but most coaches, even dad coaches, communicate with players. But then you have to look at other target markets, parents, other coaches, your assistants, but also the coaches you're coaching against, opponents, officials, the league you're in, fans of other teams. You have to be aware of what you have to communicate to each of those target audiences And you have to make a concerted effort to communicate as well as you can. No one's perfect, and coaches sometimes don't communicate perfectly. But coaches who happen to be dads make a point of planning on how best to communicate with each target market. They get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which you know is one of my mantras. Dad coaches neglect some of the key target audiences and say things like, I'm here for the kids. I'm here to help the team. I'm here to help these kids. I'm not here to I'm not here to worry about what that happens over there. I'm not here to worry about what the league is. I'm not care. I don't care about what the board says. I'm here, I'm here to help these kids. As if good communication were limited to only the players. Good communication is usually exclusive. I can only communicate with the players because I'm in it to help these kids. I'm in it. I'm in it to help. I, I want to help. Number five, coaches who happen to be dads. No, it isn't about them. They talk about we and the team. They praise the entire team and individual players with specific feedback, not good one, good game, you played good, good game today. Hey, you played hard today. Good game today. Good game, good game, good game today. Uh Uh-huh. That's meaningless. You played hard today. Good hustle, good hustle. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dad coaches talk about how I beat him. Now, I've heard this phrase from Dozens of coaches, and they come up to me, they'll say phrases sort of like this. The only time I beat you was the first time we played. And I'll look at them and think, 
I didn't even realize that my team beat his team about a bunch of times or that we lost the first time. But I did notice that he described it as if he and I wore uniforms and ran up and down the court. In actuality, he was seeing it as a game between him and another coach. If you hear someone say, I beat him in the semifinals or he lost to me in an AAU tournament, you can be sure you're listening to a dad coach. Here's the thing. Leadership and communication are important in our personal and professional lives. None of us get it right all the time. But we all can strive to be open, honest, and accurate communicators. Coaches who happen to be dads get that, while dad coaches don't. Now, for you parents out there who don't coach, remember this. When you have a coach who happens to be a dad, appreciate it. Appreciate